showtime. It's time for that radio show everyone loves. Do not attempt to change the station. Just listen, and we'll keep broadcasting. It's time to begin the show. 1039 LI News Radio presents Your Island, the very best in talk radio, with your host, Tom Shalero. And once again, welcome back. This segment of our program is being brought to you by the Suffolk County Police Benevolent Association. The PBA serves to support law enforcement, participate in special events and programs, all designed to help protect our community. They care about you and keeping us all safe. From the anti-drinking and driving campaigns to protecting our children with education on the Megan's Law, PBA promotes a great relationship between the police and the people it's want to serve. Suffolk County is one of the safest counties in the country, and the PBA takes pride in its strong belief in our security. They have honored our fallen heroes who contribute greatly to our suburban way of life. Need to know more? Go right to their website, www.suffolkcountypba.org. Noel DiGirolamo, President. Let's get right into today's our Thursday edition. Doug Smith making a special, special appearance. He's usually here on Fridays, but Doug is a busy guy. It's hard to pin him down. So he's there every other week. He's really one of our major contributors to our program, and it's just great to have him on. He answers all the questions and all the issues that are going on throughout the state. Uh, his segment is called the Albany Update, and uh, just so much going on. We talked a lot about it over the last six months, and uh, Doug does not finish in, in June, when the session is over, Doug works all year for the people of his uh, his constituency, and more importantly, for the people of New York State, when you think about it, as a state legislator. And uh, Assemblyman Doug Smith. Also, uh, before I go right over the Assemblyman, keep in mind that we are Facebooking live. You can watch us on Facebook, Your Island with Tom Shalero, and also like us on Facebook. A lot more likes we're getting as we started to do this. And also your comments. Uh, do a comment right on Facebook. We see it immediately, and maybe the Assemblyman could respond. And we take phone calls also, 631 451 1039 Assemblyman Doug Smith, good to see you. How's your summer going? So far, so good. It's it's great to be here. Today's a beautiful day here yep. at the heart of my district, yeah. Long Island MacArthur Airport. Um, it's so good to be here. We have so many things going on too. Oh my God, you know. And I tell you, you look you look invigorated today. Yo, every day. I mean, you're a high energy guy. You're not like Jeb Bush was when the president <laughs> said it. You're a high energy guy. And uh, so you came in with a big step on and so on. And I have to say, this is, there is stuff going on. I understand now that there's a discussion that we want to raise the salaries of prisoners. prisoners. Yeah, well, <laughs> you, you didn't expect that, folks, right? You didn't say prisoners. That's right. They get paid. What do they get paid? We lock somebody up for committing a heinous crime. How much do we pay them? You know, I, I don't have the exact figures. I think it may differ by region. But, uh, you know, the fact is that they're talking about raising the pay for prisoners. Now, think about this. When we typically think of what work a prisoner does, now they do make furniture and things like that. Uh, but what do we think of? We're thinking of stamping license plates. Now, that's interesting because now we're talking about making it mandatory that there's a new fee for every New Yorker who uh, has a license plate over 10 years old. Now, they're going to have to pay a $25 fee to get this new license plate coming out in April. Um, so, I, I, you know, my colleagues and I are saying that there's really no coincidence. We're raising the pay of prisoners and we're nickel and diming average New Yorkers who are, you know, drive and uh, need to drive to work. You know, I just got a bad feeling from that. I mean, is it possible that somebody sat in a room and said, you know, we've got to do something for our prisoners? You know, cashless bail, the right to vote, early probation. If you're in, year, if you're in for a lot of years, we're going to review your sentence. Let's let the cop killers out and let's raise their money while they're in. I, that is a sickening feeling, Doug. It's, that is a sickening feeling. When we have a state climate, and here on Long Island especially, where our biggest export is our people. 
It's our friends, our family, our neighbors. You know, when uh, young people and seniors have to move off Long Island, this is what's happening. And the other day, you know, I put up a post about this mentioning this $25 fee, which, by the way, Republicans and Democrats are fighting against. We think it's a Cuomo cash grab. We're going to fight against it. There's legislation now to say that if you if there's a mandatory uh, that you must replace your license plate, that we already pay a registration yeah. fee. That should be included, right? Yes. Um, so, uh, you know, that's going on. And I had somebody attack me and say, well, aren't there more important things you should be doing with your time than talking about a $25 fee? But in this state, it's a death of a thousand yeah, cuts. That's right. You know, a $25 fee. I have people come into my office, senior citizens, that are cutting pills in half because they can't afford their medication, their electric bill, their taxes. This is a real issue to New Yorkers. You know, I'm glad, and I know there's a there's a good number of folks like yourself. You happen to be a leader of that, and when I say leader, leader for the forgotten middle class, for the folks here in Suffolk County, somebody to watch out for us, somebody to watch out for how our money is spent. And yet, when we see things like this, you wonder if there's some sort of a bizarre conspiracy to essentially say to law-abiding taxpayers, you are not our priority. Our priority are people who have committed crimes, people that are here illegally, uh, people that are getting taxpayer funds funded programs without being taxpayers. You know, this there is something that's obviously not equitable about this, but the fight goes on and sometimes we're not winning the victories we should, Doug. I mean, I, I do feel like I'm in this bizarro world sometimes because, you know, back in the day, growing up here on Long Island, we, re, Republicans and Democrats, everyone fought to increase penalties and to make sure that our neighborhoods were safer. But now you're seeing this out of control uh, thought process out of New York City and Albany that we want to lessen the penalties. We want to let these people out of jail. And we're saying that rather than the lawbreaker, it is society's fault that these people are committing these crimes. Yeah. Six three one four five one one zero three nine. I know uh, you've been such a great friend of our show. Uh, in fact, I've, I look at you as an integral part of it. And uh, when our discussion centered around what occurred with the incident with the NYPD and the water dousing and so on, we got some good ideas. We put together uh, a cogent bill. You put it together better, and it came into Assembly Bill eighty five twenty eight. Unfortunately, we don't have a full time legislature, so we have to wait till January. But uh, any other the thought on that? I know the folks want it. We got overwhelming support. 8528 is better than any other of the bills that I saw, you know, because there were a number of other people that that pretty much, you can't say this, but I will, copycatted you. You know, they wanted to do this and they go, well, Doug Smith's got a great idea. So let's just do the same thing because Doug thought of it first, but we're not going to say that. Now, you, you're not going to say that. I know that on the air because you're a gentleman, but I could say it. But 8528, as far as I'm concerned, is the bill. We're going to put it out to the folks. Look it up. Assembly Bill 8528 you can go on the New York State Assembly website, and you think I think you could check a support for the bill, right? I think there's a, a part that you can do that. So I want to tell my listeners to do that because it's important that we show the folks in the next few months. Because you'll be before you know it, January is going to be here. That's right, and and you're going to be back up there in the cold winter months of Albany. But I know this is a priority for you, right? It's absolutely a priority, and you know I'll tell you uh, this. The, the last few weekends we've been out at street fairs and things and I have uh, something that's that's never really happened to me before and I think it's partially because I'm here on the show uh, but we're trying to get the word out and I have people I've never met walking up to me and just saying thank you yeah 
And for me, it's, sho- it's shocking. Like today, I'm pretty dressed down because uh, I'm running around all kinds of things. Uh, no formal public appearances. Right. But, right. you know, but I uh, I was at a concert the other a uh, couple weeks ago. Blueberries and Blues, the town of Islip did at the whole okay. country. Club. Nice. Very cool. Nice. Nice. Very first time they've done it. And I had about 12 people. Now, I was in a T-shirt and jeans yeah. with my hey, wife and know, daughter. You're a man of the people. <laughs> and people were walking up saying thank you, at, you know, for going up to Albany fighting for us. But every time they mentioned thank you for fighting for police officers and yeah. for law enforcement. Well, that's so important. And, you know, I, I'm proud to stand with you on that. Uh, we had a great experience on Sunday with Barbecue for the Blue. We broadcasted four hours. And I'll tell you, it was like a lot. You know, I look at things differently. It was a love fest, man. I'll tell you, there were so many great Long Islanders there, you know, men and women with their kids and pushing the baby carriages and police officers. We had a flyover by, by the Air National Guard and uh, just a great feeling. Folks started to come out, great country music, all to support Brotherhood for the Fall. And it was just an incredible experience. Your bill does that. It supports law enforcement. And I can't underscore that any better. I would hope a year from now, Doug Smith, that we are talking about that bill becoming law. I hope so. And I think we will get bipartisan support because, as you mentioned, you know, the people that you saw on Sunday coming out, you know, it wasn't just Republicans. It was everybody from our area that loves we love our law enforcement officers. We know that they keep our community safe. Uh, and that's something that uh, we absolutely want to preserve and protect. Right. And again, the title of the bill is obstructing a police officer. And it certainly it, it encompasses the incident, but it's not about the incident. It's about the disrespect that 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 some people can show law enforcement by doing what they did. The pure uh, not consideration of any sanctions whatsoever to do what they did on that on that day on that weekend day in in three separate. Burroughs, I think it was the Bronx, yep. Brooklyn, and uh, Manhattan, where where it took place. So if that bill becomes law, you would not be able to obstruct a police officer. And if you so chose to do so, it would be an e-felony. So it's not just about water. It's about any sort of obstruction that can take place, whether it's pushing, shoving, kicking, spitting, anything uh, to interfere with a police officer. Because when you interfere with the police officer, you interfere with the public's right to be safe. That's right. Okay, and takes away from that. You recognize that, and I think it was great. Any discussion with colleagues? Uh, and I and your co-sponsors includes the minority leader. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He was very supportive of the bill, uh, and you know we're talking about this. You, we we've now seen an escalation. So it's more than just the water. I mean, you see uh, cops being taunted in the streets. I'm sure you saw right. this recently. Right. Uh, the breakdown of public safety in New York City that's happening. Um, I think it's an absolute travesty. The fact is, you know, uh, and I don't blame the PBA president, Pat Lynch, for calling and, and telling officers, if you're about to make an arrest, call somebody who's higher up. That's right. Because you want to have, you know, the, you want the department and to have your back. You're, refer- you're referring to Officer Pantaleo losing his job. Uh, what I'm gratified about is all the people that are putting into the fund to help him and his family. He was doing his job. Those of us who worked in law enforcement clearly saw the nature of what took place there and the lawfulness of, of, of what, what happened there. I mean, it was a tragedy. Uh, again, we can say that, but for the most part, everything was done the way it should have been done. I mean, I analyzed that video. Uh, the individual there, 
This was not his first time, uh, first rodeo. Uh, he had been arrested before. He knew the story. He just decided that today wasn't going to be the day. And again, that's a challenge to the public, and that's a challenge to public safety, and it resulted in a tragedy. But for Officer Pantaleo to lose his job, again, it's not a good day for law enforcement in New York City. And and I feel for our brothers and sisters over there. I, I, I do, and I, I hope somehow uh, this support can come back. You know, whether you like Rudy Giuliani or, ba- or not, you needed him. You need a pro-law enforcement politician. We're going to take a short break. I am with Assemblyman Doug Smith uh, talking about the issues in the state here as we close out the summer. Believe it or not, Labor Day weekend coming up um, with Doug Smith. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. This is Doug Gray of the Marshall Tucker Band. Always keep your eyes open for motorcycles. This message is brought to you by my buddies at Long Island Abate. Your Island, live and local, with your host, Tom Shalero, on 1039 LI News Radio. And once again, welcome back as we round third, heading up to the two o'clock hour. This segment of our program is being brought to you by the great motorcycle rights and safety advocacy group, Long Island Abate, American bikers for awareness, training, and education. They promote safety on our roads for the two and three wheeled rider to ensure automobile drivers look and see and know that motorcycles are everywhere. They promote training, common sense laws, attend court proceedings to ensure justice for those involved in motorcycle accidents where a driver is drunk, distracted, or recklessly careless. Call Abate President Jim Barr at 1-888-LI-ABATE or visit the website LongIslandAbate.org. Long Island Abate wants everybody to know, please watch those left-hand turns. Also brought to you by Manzoni Real Estate. Are you looking to sell your home or buy? Well, look no further. Manzoni Real Estate is a real estate broker that the MLS proudly rated number one here on Long Island. And that's not easy to do. See, this is a gimmick-free zone. Special circumstances, estates, divorce, all handled professionally. Ray Manzoni Real Estate is at the top one half percent of all realtors in the nation in the volume of sales. All you have to do is this. Call 631-928-1188. 631-928-1188. Or go to that website, www.manzoni.com. I mentioned your island with Tom Shalero. and receive a line-protected supermarket bag. Let's get right back into it. I am with Assemblyman Doug Smith. Uh, Doug is here every other week just helping us out, does the uh, Albany update. We're talking about local politics. We're getting close, uh, believe it or not, end of the summer. I have end of the summer blues because I love the summer. Doug, you love the summer? Yeah, I do. I do. And it, it's it's sad to see it go. You know, mm. we're starting to get into that uh, pre-fall weather. That's kind of nice. Yeah, but. yeah, that is kind of nice. 631-451-1039. Doug Smith, Assemblyman, New York State here in the studio if you have any questions to ask we're talking about a lot of these issues that are going out there uh it looks like maybe we don't know yet we don't have to start discussing this but we may be paying some more money for our prisoners because they're in prison so they need a they need a raise or something like that that may be happening we may be forced to get a new license place that was our first segment and uh, we can move to this now um so there was a um uh, a proposal in the now this is not you in the uh, Suffolk County Legislature, correct? Where uh, I don't even know who sponsored, and we don't have to mention. I don't care. It's just somebody who's misguided that uh, wanted to be able to attend the legislative meetings. Picture this, folks. You're elected to office, but you want to be able to do it by Skype from anywhere in the known world. Is, is that exactly what happened? Uh, that, that's that's what it sounds like. And, and that proposal was pulled back, fortunately. But uh, but it, it's interesting because no other county employee can Skype into work. Right. I would love to <laughs> Skype into work. That would be good. 
you know, especially during emergencies and things like that. We expect our highway workers, our law enforcement officers to be there, our corrections officers in the jails. So, I mean, it, it, it's a bit absurd. But one of our county legislators uh, was pushing to um, Skype. So that 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 got me thinking. I reached out to my council's office in Albany and I said, you know, is this something that what are the laws on the books for this? Yeah. And what they told me now. I got further clarification that, that this this person wanted to observe the um, to see what was happening via Skype, not necessarily to vote. OK, but the proposal might have been to allow them to vote. And uh, so my council in Albany said that under the current laws, any legislature or town board, as long as the public notice is properly put out there, they actually can vote remotely. Now, how this would work is, let's say, for instance, uh, one of our legislators was on vacation in their second home at Key West in Florida. Nice uh, place to have a second home. Beautiful. Uh, it, Except now if they get hit by a hurricane. But go ahead. So if the public notice said that the, there will be two locations for the Suffolk County Legislature in Hopog and in some library in Key West, as long as the public notice was put out there and any resident of Suffolk County that wanted to sit next to the legislator in that library wanted to attend, according to my counsel, they could do that and they could cast votes. Now, I, I find that to be a bit problematic. So I have, a, I have a, a bill that I've proposed that I'm working on that basically says that any municipality in the state that has over 100,000 people, now we're not talking about tiny little towns right. uh, upstate right. where there might have a blizzard and have an issue, right. but that any... Uh, municipalities, over 100,000 100, people, that you must be in person to cast a vote. You know, that makes I, sense. I think it's pretty reasonable. Yeah. I think, you know, and, and most of these folks are compensated pretty well, uh, that to participate in government, you should have to be there. I mean, I can't think of many jobs where you can't, you can kind of phone it in. Uh, I, I'll tell you this, in the Assembly and Senate rules, we must be physically not only in Albany, but in the chamber in our seats to vote. Is that right? Yeah, we have to be there. Well, in the chamber to vote. If I'm if I'm in the back and we're calling a vote, I can vote thumbs up, thumbs down, and they'll record it. But you have to be there. You have to be present to vote. Uh, you can't just uh, be home and say, "Well, I'll tell you how I would have voted." That that doesn't fly. <laughs> you know, uh, when when I think of that, uh, it, it's bad enough that we try to keep the folks interested in politics and interested in in voting and electing people to public office. But when you hear that certain politicians don't even want to be there and want to be able to do it via computer or Skype or something like that that just it, it deadens the people's nerves again when it comes down to uh, participation in government we want to see more people going to civic associations participating in school board elections and school board meetings and so on uh, getting involved in calling your office and that sort of thing uh, this doesn't help no it doesn't and I think people like I said they expect their elected officials to be there now speaking to some of the older assembly people your listeners are going to be blown away by this back in the day now I don't know if this is the 80s or the 70s but they would allow legislate assembly people to not have to go to chambers to vote. You would automatically be recorded as a yes vote at, unless you wanted to be there and vote no. So what would happen is a lot of these people would swipe into the building. Then they'd go golfing and every vote would be recorded as a yes. They'd never have to be present. So the assembly rules were then changed saying that's not going to fly. The well, public I, demands. Yeah, I mean, you know, again, and it's hard enough to get people to, as I just said, to, to vote and to see that uh, their elected officials are doing that. And that's the unfortunate thing about it. Um, I, I don't know what it's going to take someday to finally get people who run for office, people who are elective office, where we have the, the well majority of them uh, essentially serve their constituencies. I'll, I'll put you on that list. 
list. I'll put Sarah Ank on this. Dean Murray when he was in yeah. New York State. I'm, I'm, these are the people that I've known well, okay, and uh, worked hard, cared about people, wanted to do the right yeah. thing, had a conviction of service, that sort of thing. Unfortunately, we don't get that 100% of the time. I, I would like to think we get it more than 50% of the time and, and so on. Uh, but then I'm also thinking if they could do the Skype thing, there's probably a lot of people that you wouldn't want to see in Albany <laughs> when it came right down. No to comment it. on that. Yeah. <laughs> but, and, and I know that because I've seen some of your floor speeches and st- some of the things that you were talking about were common sense. And yet the opposition to some of this stuff was, you know, and, and I, I'm going to use your word, the bizarre world, you know, when it, when it comes to that, you know, as far as that. And additionally, now here, locally here, again, not not an issue. Although the uh, the legislature allowed uh, early voting now here in the Suffolk County. So right. that, that was something that, that you were able to vote on as far yep. as that. Were you, were you in favor of that? I actually did support that, you the did early support, voting. Right. Um, I, have, I have some concerns about how it's going to roll out, but I'll, I'll tell you, the early voting... Red states like Texas have early voting for years. So the fact is, I think New York was a bit behind the time by not allowing early voting. Now, I'll tell you, my preferred way to, you know, have early voting happen would be allowed to allow the absentee ballots to count as an early vote where you can. You know, I think that uh, it would save a lot of taxpayer money if you could mail in your ballot. But the early voting, the way the state is rolling it out, you'll have nine days that you can show up to vote, including a Saturday and a Sunday, in advance of Election Day this year. Uh, This is our first time doing it. Uh, The way the legislation was written, every county must have at least seven locations. They could have more. So the way we're doing it here in Suffolk County, uh, most of the town halls are going to be locations to vote early. But some towns, I understand, have multiple locations, and yet... Like River, excuse me, Brookhaven Town is the town that I live in. If you went from one side to the other side of the Brookhaven Town, you have to pack a lunch <laughs> because it's a long, long ride. And yet they only have one location, my understanding is, and as uh, as was said, uh, just over the town hall. Um, and I know you had nothing to do with that, but I'm just saying that it, it almost seems like, and then I understand that some other locations might have multiple uh, places to go do early voting. So we allowed the flexibility on that end. And one of the reasons when, uh, and this was not my legislation. I simply no. voted on it. This yeah. was something that came up, and and I just I thought it was generally a good idea to allow this early voting. But you can imagine Manhattan, so New York, New York County. You know, the law says they only have to have at the minimum of seven locations. I would imagine Manhattan's going to have more than that. Otherwise, you know, the idea for this, and I don't think we really have this problem out here in Suffolk County, but there were a lot of lines to vote. So yeah. in certain areas in the state, uh, there were also some parts of the state uh, started voting at noon. So there was legislation that came in that said everywhere around the state it'll be 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. So it's now we have a uniform time in which to vote. Throughout the entire state. Uh, Again, I'd like to make it as easy as possible for folks to vote because I think the greater voter participation is the better off we are as a democracy. People could make good decisions on who they want to see in public office because there are times, as you well know, certain people get elected with a low turnout that don't represent uh, essentially the the feelings of the people. You know, one of them was a primary of course in the uh, the Bronx and uh, Queens area with uh, Alex Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who beat uh, an incumbent congressman over there. And I think there was only like 14,000 votes cast in a district that probably had about a quarter of a million registered voters. Yeah. So it's, it's sad to say that had maybe more people come out, they would have been able to analyze the candidates. And in the meantime, uh, she got catapulted to fame uh, on a mere handful of voters. And that's how important. And I'm putting that out there to people. 
how important it is to vote even even this November and and uh, you know to take a, a you know a great interest in that our number here is 631-451-1039 I'm speaking with Assemblyman Doug Smith about uh, voting and, and some of the actually it's it's to the point now that all of the work that was done by you and, and your colleagues and that ended in June we're starting to see it now because some of it is becoming law yeah I mean and and uh, and it is interesting and if we can go back for a second to the voting I mean I'm very happy the people in my district vote Largely, so I represent about 130,000 residents. Right. Of that, 86,000 are registered to vote. Which, you know, again, in a popular in a in a world where only half the people that can register to vote are, my district has a higher than average voter registration right. and then participation. Out of you know 86,000 registered voters, next year we may get about 60,000 voting. I think so. So I mean that you know I'm happy to see. I wish more people that could vote would register to vote. Um, so if we can make it a little bit easier, where we have a few extra days where people can vote I'm happy to support that. I, for one, enjoy. I have a special, you know, everybody has their own uh, traditions. I like to vote on Election Day with right. every other American. Yeah. So I will be holding my vote until right. Election Day. It's exci- I, th- I always find uh, voting exciting. There's something wrong with me, I guess. But uh, I look at it from an historical point, you know, how it all got started. And, of course, I'm a uh, uh, student of the First Continental Congress and then the Second Continental Congress and the formation of a great nation of ours and then the Revolutionary war being won and then of course now the Articles of Confederation and finally setting up a constitutional government and it all was oriented towards the citizen and I love every minute of it of course we've a highly evolved democracy and I may be a nutcase but that's what I think about on election day oh. you know when you walk in and you think of the heritage and the history and the greatness of America and and what voting means we are the largest most functioning democracy in the world okay no doubt and 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 again you could argue that democracy but it's it is a democracy and it does work six Three one four five one one zero three nine. We got James over in West Hampton Beach. Hey, James. Hey, Tom. How you doing today? Good, good. What are your thoughts? Well, my thoughts is today are, um, you know, I was thinking about, you know, um, I like the, the bill that uh, that Congressman Smith put together that just alleviates some of the pressure on the middle class, and that's what we need is the thinking towards the middle class because the middle class, the blue collar workers, the heartland of America, yeah. things like that. That's important that those people are recognized. My my, my question though to, to, the, um, to Mr. Smith is. Um, what I what I've noticed is that sometimes um, people will campaign and they'll stump for a little while, and then when they get voted in, they they completely disappear, and then some of them lose their seats, and then they wonder why. Mm. How important is it to you to interact, not also during the campaigning like process, but I mean, how active would you consider yourself once you've won, once you've had the success? Like, how important and how active do you think you are when it comes to? I want to go out into public today. I'm just going to walk down the street. If you guys recall Ed Koch, yep. yeah. you know. How am I doing, Ed Koch? How am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> no, but so. But Congress, like people of Congress, just walking through the neighborhood. Yeah. Just, you know, I mean, how important, how endearing was it to the American people when Bill Clinton would just, you know, they even had a Steiner Live skit where he walked into McDonald's to greet people as he was yeah. campaigning. Yeah. And you know, I, I, how important. James, I love your question. I, I love the premise here. This is phenomenal. I, I love it. the question. And I so for me, I I knock on people's doors and meet them in their homes, even when it's not an election. You know, uh, I, I you know, I don't do it late at night. I right. do it like, you know, an average, you know, after but you're dinner. doing it this summer and you're right. not on the ballot, not on the ballot. So, I mean, for me, I attend every civic association meeting when I can. I attend chamber of commerce meetings. Um, I, I hold one on one with your assemblyman meetings. Um, I'll tell you, we've held we've tried to hold in the past like type 
town hall type things, but unfortunately the turnout just isn't there. Yeah. So, you know, I'll do whatever. Last night we had an Arcan training, training people to, for life-saving things. So I try to be out there as much as I possibly can. I go on this radio show. There are people, you know, and I appreciate Tom's invitation. There are some elected officials that say, you're crazy to go on live and take random people's questions that want to call in. I mean, and and I say I'm happy to do it because yeah. for exactly what you're saying. And I think I think we need more of that. And I'll tell you the one thing, just to not, not ramble too much, but there have been proposals. So I run every two years uh, as an assemblyman in the state. Congress is every two years. And from time to time, there's a proposal saying, well, shouldn't they be four-year terms? We feel like these folks are always campaigning, asking for a vote. But I'll tell you, I would not support increasing the term yeah. because I feel, like you said, a lot of exactly. my colleagues don't show up until exactly. they need something. Right. Yeah, James, you hit it right on the head. And I'm going to say this to you, James. I know elected officials that would have hated your question. <laughs> Because they're doing exactly the premise of what, what your question was about. And, uh, like I said, I've I called yesterday, and I, I call off that. I said, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't have a party. I like to pick and choose my candidates. I don't just smear my vote, like, in one color. The thing is, I want to see uh, an elected official really go out there and earn yep. their job. Exactly. And, and do the things that they need to do. It's like, so everybody has to show face, you know, and everybody has to, like, you know, you have to show me what you're doing, but I'll, I'll vote for you, and I'll remember you, yes. and I'll support you, and... And when you campaign for other people, you know, it's it just that it just works together. It's a, it's a community thing. And so I'm very impressed by what you've put together and what you've said on this show today. And I appreciate uh, the time from both of you. Wonderful. Thank, thank you for your thank call. Thank you much, James. Great caller. James is absolutely a great caller. 631-451-1039. few minutes left with Assemblyman Doug Smith before we get to our Eye on Crime segment. Joe from Brookhaven, our good friend. Hey, how are you? Good, Joe. Good. Thank you for your service. Great job you're doing. Uh, I want to go back to the license plate law because I caught a little bit of it. Yep. Didn't we, we we fought against this. Uh, Governor Cuomo brought this up, wasn't it, five years ago about him? And I remember this mm. was brought up, and he was under the guise. He said, and we said, this is a money grab. He's saying, all oh, the police officers can't see the license plate. They'll be able to see it better. And we were like, what? And everybody <laughs> fought it down, and now it's resurfaced again. And it seems like another ruse, another money grab. And... Uh, Jay Oliver has the money. He doesn't ask him any of these questions about these, this stuff. He just, uh, I don't know, the voice of Long Island Radio doesn't ask any questions. But what's going on with that? Well, I'll, I'll tell you the one thing that, that bothers the heck out of me, and it's something that uh, that I know I've fought against, my predecessor Al Graff fought against, um, is the fact that we keep paying for an inferior product. Now, you'll notice a lot of people still have the blue and white license plates. They're yeah. not peeling, but these gold and blue ones are peeling. You, you'll see a lot of them around town that are far newer. They're not they're peeling and you can't read them. So that's one of the things they're pushing. The other thing, Joe, now the uh, the governor and, and the state DMV put out a vote where there were five options and you can choose one of the five options. You know what's kind of interesting about that? And I spent some time thinking about it. Four of the options look almost the same. They say Excelsior. They have yellow, blue. They have the Statue of Liberty, some, some different things. I, I like two of them personally. But then you have a fifth option that is unlike the other four. The fifth option is blue and white, has a picture of a bridge on the back and it just says New York. Now that bridge is the Mario Cuomo bridge. Okay. And what gets me is the fact that now if you put a vote up and you have one thing that's different and four things that are about the same, guess what's going to win that vote? The one thing that's a little bit different, because a lot of people have said, man, that's a very cool design, not realizing it's the uh, Tappan Zee Bridge. You know, I don't call it the Cuomo Bridge when I drive over it. But, you know, so I think that's kind of kind of an interesting thing that now the governor who has named the bridge after his father, you know, uh, rest in peace, Mary Cuomo, uh, is now going to 
make license plates that more likely than not are going to have that bridge on it for the next 10 years. Yeah, yeah interesting. Uh, it's just it's just amazing. Uh, we don't need this right now. No. We really don't. I mean, the plates are fine. I and think, they should you know. be. We talked about it in the break. It was like those signs they put up, you know, all over the place. I mean, that was another, uh, what the heck, where did that come from? Yeah. I mean, what, again, yeah. I'm sorry. I mean, and we talked about it during the break. We already pay a very high registration fee. If these plates should be replaced... Isn't it true that that should be included in the fee? Yeah, exactly. Let me go to our last call. Joe, thank you. I appreciate it. We got our good friend Nelson over in Miller Place. Hey, Nelson. I can guarantee you that these plates are going to be easier to read, so in the future they're going to give you speeding tickets off these plates. Mm. Well, I don't know. I mean, who knows when you think about it. But there, there does come a point when it comes down to certain types of violations and misdemeanors. You have to have the presence of a police officer. It's written yep. into the criminal procedure law. Yep. You know, so it's very difficult. I don't even know how they, well, they do get away with the red light cameras because it's an administrative fine. It's not a, it's not part of the yeah. criminal law, vehicle and traffic law. Go ahead, Go ahead Nelson. Yeah, uh, it's just absolutely insane. You guys were talking about voting before and, you know. If you don't vote, you don't have a right to complain or even voice your opinion uh, on, on the mind, you know, the way I believe. People fought and died to That's keep right. that right to vote. That's right. You know, you go to some of these other countries and you see what's going on where people can't vote and how people fight for that right to vote. And here we are. We have it. It's a God-given right when we're born here and people don't take advantage of that. Yeah, that's a good point. Amen. I mean, I just voted in my, uh, the Holbrook Fire Department had an election the other night. Yeah. I was there. Yeah. The yeah. library district has an election. I'm there. You got to be there. <laughs> yep. Yeah, good point. Nelson, thanks. I, I, Appreciate it. I, I just, yeah. hold on. I just, I just turned on a little while ago. What, what party do you represent? Uh, well, I represent everyone, but I'm a Republican by registration. He, he runs okay. as a Republican. I, I'd like to make a quick point. Uh, you had a Democrat. I'm assuming he was a Democrat yesterday. The yes. difference between the way uh, you know Republicans and conservatives speak and the way that Democrats speak, it seems like Democrats are always trying to take away because there's all, all the power is in no. There's no power in yes. Mm-hmm. And they're always adamant, and they're always fighting, and they're always criticizing and demeaning. But when you get a Republican on there, they tell you what they can do and what their programs are and things that they're fighting for us for. Well, I, I always like to think they should be representative of the forgotten middle class. I don't care if you're a Democrat or Republican, but yeah. go to the folks, man. Just go to the folks. We need help here. Steve and, Levy was a Democrat. Yeah, and, yeah, and that, that's it, true. You know, so. If you heard of that new proposition, instead of calling them ex-convicts, they're going to call them criminally in, criminal justice involved persons. Uh, <laughs> and then, and then uh, Judge Jeanine Pirro said, well, if, uh, should we call a bank robber an unauthorized withdrawal? Yeah. I, I got trouble in this radio show by calling prisoners lowlifes. <laughs> I got in trouble. And I got in a little trouble for that but uh but that's what they are i've arrested these people they 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 want to hurt people they want to create levels of victimization they want to traumatize people for the rest of their life i mean that's how i think about them and i, I guess I'm, yeah. you know, I'm a little i'm a little biased i don't know whatever. nelson thank you enjoy enjoy the labor day weekend nelson we uh doug we're at the end i can't believe how quick it went once Thanks again, a lot, Tom. Assemblyman Doug Smith, thanks for coming in. And uh, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. We'll talk more about this. Assemblyman Doug Smith uh, representing us here, one of our major contributors to our Midday Life program. We're going to take a short break. When we get back, we're going to be talking with a return, I guess, Inspector Dave Regina returning to the show. Dave is a great guy, commanding officer of the Highway Patrol Bureau, talking about the plans for the upcoming weekend. We'll be right back. Let's go. 